0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to our podcast, Love and Rice, with your host, Aunt Ma, and host... Christina Ma. And we also have our special guest. Thank you guys for coming back, Casey Ma and Vince Hsu. What up, what up? Ma, 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 ma. Thank you guys for coming back. Appreciate you guys. Um, Every episode has been so great, and everyone has been loving and uh, watching and listening to you guys, so thank you. And so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about growing up Asian-American one thing that we all have in common is that we all have parents with the same immigrant mentality of survival, mm. right? And obviously, it's been brought down to us. And for me, um, you know, my parents have taught me about just always working hard and always hustling and just always just trying to find ways to make money, right? That's, that's my survival. So um, for you, it was a little different, Christina. This uh, is more about saving money.
1: I think so, because my parents will always ingrain it into my mind. Like when we came to the U.S., we only had like $20 in our pockets and we had to figure everything out on our own. And um, they didn't like have an education. They didn't know too much about like anything. So um, I think they've always had like a conservative approach. And I think um, with a lot of things, even up until now, my parents will be like, Oh my gosh! I can't believe we did that. We were so dumb. Like we didn't know anything. And I was just like, "But that's just how you guys were raised. Like you didn't have the resources that we had before." So, I'm-
0: why couldn't someone back then in- invent the internet and Google?
2: <laughs> right? Why couldn't it be know. from
1: like Mars? Uh-huh. Come on. Because yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have the resources to figure it out.
0: Very true. Not so, yet. Um, <laughs> how about you guys? How was your upbringing?
2: Yeah, I mean, my dad grew up, like, super poor, like, in the ghetto of, like, Hong Kong, um, where there would be, like, drug houses. Like, he grew up in one of those, where there was, like, no kitchens. There was one grill that was shared between, like, two rooms in, like, an apartment complex. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and he actually had to worry about, like, literally survival, like, being shot. Every day. Really? It was that bad in Hong Kong? It was that bad when he was there. Yeah. And like people would be like shooting up drugs like in the staircases, he said.
0: Was it all the guwag jais? What does that mean? (laughs) The little (laughs) rascal (laughs) game? Can can you tell The less Asian one. (laughs) I (laughs) know.
2: Who's the most American one here? Um, No,
0: they they had a whole movie series like like seven or eight uh, different parts of these movies called Young and Dangerous. Mm. Have you ever seen those? No. This is where like they would do gang wars and gang fights yeah. and it'd be like 30 guys with machetes against another 30 set of other gangs.
2: Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's, he said he heard like gunshots like all the time and wow. he had to like really be careful like with his life. So the fact that he was even able to like eat every day was like such a blessing and he had like seven to eight siblings in like a 200 square foot apartment and he lived with a That's single crazy. mom. Um, His dad was an alcoholic so he left. So the single mom was like raising all of these kids and she could only afford to send the males to school so i have three uncles who are educated and the aunts are not
3: because wow. she couldn't yeah.
2: afford it and yeah like they would have fish like maybe once a month was their meat but usually they would have like um you know turn yeah yeah it's like the preserved meat yeah mm-hmm. and they would cut it up and put it in the rice cooker and like that's what they would eat and like maybe have like pork oil that they yep. would um go at the end of the markets at the end of the day where they're like hanging meat yeah. to like grab their scraps so they could take it home.
0: You know, that's poor man's food, eating Lop Churn in the steam rice cooker. Yeah. And we eat that as comfort food. Exactly. But I make it for the kids. So they're like, oh, we're Chinese. We have to, we're gonna eat this stuff. And like I want them to have that comfort food. So when they grow up and they find, you know, their future spouse, like they're not gonna they might not get that.
2: Exactly. Like when I went to Hong Kong last time and all the kids were ordering it. It was like pork fat on yeah. fried clay pot rice or something. Yeah, like I remember my, yeah, exactly. And then my dad would come over and he would just give us like a stank face. He'd be like, oh my God. He's like, I cannot stand the look of that anymore. He's like, I can't believe that you guys are even ordering this. He's like, yeah. I cried because had I had to eat, to eat it. it again oh, yeah. and again and again and again. And like, that's why like he had the dream. He like, had the American dream to yeah. move to another country Because he was so sick and tired of like looking up the hill from where he lived and was like, why is there a house on this hill? How do I get there? He was like, I want that. I want that life. So he'd always like look over the fence and like dream about it. Wow. And then one day he was just like, like, mom, I have to go. Like, I have to go to the US. He's like, I think the dreams are there. So he went there like with his aunt, like no money. Um, Got a a scholarship. huh? On a boat? I'm not, I don't think he went on a, I don't know. I'd actually never asked him this question, but I remember like he got a scholarship to Pace University and they supported it. So that was how he was able to get through school. And even in New York, he was living in like tiny, tiny apartments that were like in the basement. Like there would always be leaky faucets. He would still be eating the lap turn with the rice and everything. And it wasn't until um, he like majored in finance because he said like, this is the route that will get me out of starvation. Like, this is how I'm going to make money. Yeah. Um, and he always had that savings mentality because he had to. He had no choice. Yeah. Um, and then when he got into finance, he started to make more money as an accountant. Then um, he went to grad school at NYU and also scholarship as well. Like, he was very, very smart.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. And then, you know, after he climbed his way through, you know, corporate America with banks and everything, he actually decided to start his own investment bank. So wow. now he's the co-founder and CFO of his own investment bank.
0: Wow. So he went from that no so money crazy. to being an investment banker.
2: Yeah. Of his, at, his, own, his own firm. firm. Yeah. Wow. That so is it's Pretty crazy.
0: That's why like every parent, they hustle so hard. Like Christina's parents, they open up their own businesses. Mm-hmm. My parents did the same thing. And that's why I'm like, I still hustle hard. And I try to hustle harder than my parents because... I should be able to do better than them. Yeah, they came from you have a nothing. Better,
2: you have a better foundation, yeah, right? Absolutely. You know what I mean. But you
0: know, obviously, this is very far fetched. But our parents came from nothing. When we started with our own stuff, we also started with nothing. Not saying we came from nothing because right. we did have foundation from our parents, uh, building us up. But we actually started from zero dollars too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we're in the position that we are.
2: Yeah, that's true. There's definitely something where, like, if you feel like. You don't have enough money. It makes you work so much harder. Yeah. It makes you become more successful. And like, that's why even though my dad, you know, brought me up in a very nice neighborhood to like kind of wealthy, he never like outwardly gave me any money. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it was the clothes that I wanted. He was like, well, go work for it. It wasn't like, yeah, okay, like let me spoil my daughter. It it was never like that. It was like I want to pursue Content creation, he's like, okay, go ahead. Good luck, like affording your year old rent. You right. know, I had to figure it out. Like, if, for me, it was like, I do this or I die or I'm like a corporate slave for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn.
0: So, that yeah. sounds so relatable. And I'm sure Vince has something similar to that.
3: I mean, going off what you guys are saying, I feel like the big difference between us, like our generation and our parents that immigrated here, it's like, even though we did start from nothing in a sense, like, we still have them as a fallback. Yeah. Right. Like at the worst case scenario, we'll at least have a roof over our heads.
0: That's true. They were homeless. They would
3: have been homeless. They Mm -hmm. would have been, you know, like out on the streets yeah, because they have no one to go to. But I mean, Casey, you're sharing your story about your dad. It just, you know, I feel like a lot of our parents have very similar immigrant stories. Yeah. Um, You know, in different, different types, like different versions. But my dad, he came from a family that was super wealthy. Like my grandfather wow. was like a heart surgeon in Harbing, Northern China. Wow. wow! And so we were like one of the like top one percent. But then the Cultural Revolution hit. Yeah. And Mao Zedong happened, right? And because of that, you know, Mao Zedong basically took from like you know the wealthy in China, and they tried to basically um, spread that to like everyone else, so that it was like more equal and everything like that. So the first people that are hit were the richest, right? So my family was like like taken in my grandparents were taken to jail and wow. all of their possessions all the belongings were taken away so whereas a lot of other people had time to hide yeah. their their riches my family didn't even have time. They yeah. you know, so everything got taken away. So imagine coming from a family where you had maids, you had multiple properties, and all of a sudden you are like the poorest person. Like you're literally waiting in line and you have like tickets to try to get like, you know, some rice, some, yeah. you know, it's some like cabbage. So yeah, crazy. and like you're you're struggling. And my dad was, you know, like a child at that time. You yeah, know, I think he was like in middle school. So like all the schools shut down. He has he had to learn everything himself. He had to teach himself yeah. everything. So when you're coming from that background and you know, at that time, the China was shut off from the rest of the world. No one else knew what was going on, right? There's no internet. There's nothing like he was literally stuck there until he got older. And, you know, he was able to come here to us on like a, like a work visa or like a student visa or something like that. But I remember like, he always tells me stories because it's so humbling to me hearing all this, that you know he really did come from nothing as well. It was like, you know, a few dollars in his, in his pocket came and he was just like, you know, dishwashing at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. You know, and doing that just so he can live upstairs, you know? So he wasn't really making money. He was just surviving yeah. at the very, like, you know, like lowest level possible. And I I look at him now too, and, and there's so many habits that he developed while he was in China during the Cultural Revolution that translated to him being here in America. So like even me growing up, like if he ever came home and the the blinds weren't closed. Yeah he'd be upset. Why? Because he got into a mentality where people are always looking into your house. People are always looking for something to steal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Asian
0: people are so private like that. So private. Always so defensive.
3: And even with like my money, when I used to have like, you know, like, a lot of money in my my wallet Yeah, he would take the dollar bills out or whatever $20 bills and start folding them putting them in like the credit card slots and stuff to try to hide it so that wow. you know that mm-hmm. mentality yeah. had made him just super acute to all the details yeah. and I couldn't get away with anything like if I had like a hickey on my neck he wouldn't see it right wow. away like you know what I mean he was just so like yeah. like acute to all the little details uh, you know in my upbringing and in, in our in our household so you know my mom almost basically you know developed these habits and like started adapting to him so it's like you know we we were very like attention to detail type of family yeah. growing up mm-hmm. in that environment you know and and but the biggest thing for me was growing up you know like i, I don't know about your guys's parents but my parents like it's like the I, I don't know my dad just never really like smiled you know like like when i was a kid like I, you don't really see him just like genuinely happy Right. Cause like he's been through so much that yeah. it's like, I feel like he's just so numb to it. Yeah. Like now it's a lot better. I think my mom has brought in a lot of positivity to his yeah. life and he credits my mom. You know, he's like so happy he married mom because she's, she's like such a, like a positive spirit, always like, you know, like, like the nicest person in the room and always thinks, you know, for other people. And so that's rubbed off on him. But before it was, it was such a struggle. And, and I see him coming from nothing. And yeah. now, you know, he, he went to, um, PT school to be a physical therapist and now he has his own practice and he's been practicing physical therapy with his own clinic for a super long time. He's super successful and I see my dad's like work schedule. He works from like you know like noon to like five usually I mean he's granted he's really busy but like he he dictates his own schedule you know and he's able to provide us like a beautiful lifestyle like we went from living Basically down the hill, right? Like when you live in like um, we're from the South Bay, so like Torrance yeah. area, like you oh, okay. always look up and you see Palos Verdes, yeah, right. I think wow. Quentin Tarantino called it the the Black Beverly Hills, yeah. you know, <laughs> in one of his movies. But it's like you know when you live in the area, you look up at PV. Yeah. You're like, one day I want to get to mm. up the hill. And he made it's it, very right? Similar. Yeah, very similar. Wow. Like he, and he made that's it. So and he did that for us. And we have a, a house up there. And that's where I grew up. So I, I went to a really great high school, you know, middle school. And, like, yeah. you know, I had all the the privileges of being able to attend a four-year university, even going to law school. And that's all because my dad was able to build something, yeah. right? Like, create that for us. And when I when I see that and I hear those stories, it's like what you were saying, too, Aunt. Like like, we should be doing better. Right, we should be doing even better than them, yeah. Because we we've been given all these, you know, like privileges in our life. Yeah, we didn't have to go through that. And I just think back, like from him, if if he's 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 looking at his life like retrospectively, he's like, like man, the the satisfaction, the you know, like I don't know, like that feeling of like fulfillment inside that we all look for in life. Like, how does he not feel that so strongly? Like, you were able to come from nothing, provide this you know, beautiful lifestyle for your family. He does, but in different ways. Right. So like
0: you were saying in a different episode, how happy he gets when he finds something on a cheap deal. Right. Right. And that's the Mm -hmm. excitement that he has from his upbringing. And that's what translates to his life of happiness. It's just those little things, but those little things that we think of are the biggest things to them because they're like, I can't believe I got it for this much. Right. You know, like they thought that they've accomplished so much by getting these great deals.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that mindset, too, is, like, one of the biggest generational differences between yeah. us and them is that, like, they had to work hard for everything.
0: Yeah. That's
2: true. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like, when we, like, when we got on the the reality TV show, they cast us. Yeah, we auditioned and stuff, but it's, like, we weren't, like, grinding on our auditions. We weren't, like, you know, going through and, like, yeah. like you know, it's, like, when you, when you get on TV, it's, like, oh, everyone says, like, you know, you got lucky, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, yeah, there has, there's a lot of luck to do with it right like we had to be at the right place at the right time and it's like they see you know my parents see like me and Casey and other people like getting those type of opportunities they never would have dreamed of that in their childhood you know when they were younger they would never dream of that they didn't even know it existed yeah that type of opportunity you know that's why I like that mindset of like even my parents of course like of all Asian parents, they want your kid to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Or and finance so, or something. Yeah, or <laughs> finance or something. And and you know, I, I went that route and and luckily it wasn't because like oh my dad forced me or anything. Like I genuinely wanted to go into law and be a lawyer. Yeah. You know, but I see, you know, the the difference between okay working hard for every single, you know, like accomplishment in your life and then sometimes you do get lucky with something like you know that we got mm-hmm. on like a show, and so I'm able to kind of do both. Whereas some people think you can, you need to just you know focus on a pro- professional career mm-hmm. and not have you know a social life or not be able to do all these fun things that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But like you know, I'm I'm blessed that I'm able to get that get to experience both sides of that world.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember in my mid twenties, I remember I used to be so like defiant when my dad would be like, "You're so lucky that you get to pursue." Whatever you're pursuing on Instagram and getting paid to do it, and I'm like lucky. I'm like father. <laughs> I was like I worked my ass off, and I'm like you know I don't sleep. Like he knew I was always a hard worker. Yeah, and I was like this is this is not luck. Uh, and he was like no, but it but it's lucky because I couldn't even think about doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know I didn't even have exactly. that ability because I would be homeless. I would be shot. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to eat mm-hmm. if I even put my life on risk to pursue something that might have a risk of not working for one day. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about that. He's like, you can fail for six months and pick yourself back up again because he's like, obviously you're not going to be homeless. You can always sleep on our couch. Yeah. Like he didn't have that, like falling back of even a couch. Yeah. You know, he was had a single mother in a room that like doesn't even have air circulation. So now I understand like as I'm older and in my thirties, it is a little bit of luck because My parents worked so hard to provide me a foundation to even think of taking a risk in the first place.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some huge differences where it's like they were grinding it out for survival. And for us, we're just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. You know, we're figuring it out. Like my dad was the same way, too. He uh, was born in China, went to Hong Kong with his dad at eight years old. His dad died. He was left there by himself. Uh, his whole family was in China and now he's no longer in school at second grade, out of school for the rest of his life, homeless, living on uh, a bench at a park mm-hmm. with using newspaper as a blanket at eight years old. You know, so we've all all our parents have been there. And um, it really I really feel like we've hustled so hard because of them. Yeah. And like I feel like this is almost every Asian in the world.
2: I would say a lot of first-generation Asians experience this from their immigrant parents. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And also, like, like your guys' parents, like our my parents also were, like, small business owners, right? Yeah. So it's like it develops that entrepreneurial mindset. So it's like, you know, when we go to these conventions, like Asian Hustle Network or whatnot, like, we run into so many people that are like-minded because we all kind of had a similar upbringing in that sense, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. We, were, we were taught to, like, okay, create something of your own. And, you know, that's that's also probably part of being an immigrant. Like, I know my dad, when he was, you know, when he first moved here, he said people would take advantage of him.
0: Yep. Right.
3: Like if he he tried to work with other people or, you know, like collaborate in some way, like people would take advantage of the fact that he's an immigrant.
0: So that's why they actually started Asian gangs, right, to protect people like your dad. But at some point we just all started killing each other. (laughs) <laughs> All right. so that that was us growing up asian oh, american like when when our parents were growing up asian in america uh mm. they had gangs to protect themselves from outsiders right yes because they're foreigners and now as us the next generation or well we're considered the first generation asian americans and now we have we're in gangs, killing our own people and fighting for all the wrong reasons. So our life is way different than our parents, you know? Yeah. yeah.
2: It was funny. Actually, my mom, she grew up in Chinatown in New York. Yeah. And her way of survival was to date the gang members, like whoever was at the top. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so she would like survive that way. Yeah. I don't know. She was
3: the auntie. She was she definitely drinks Hennessy then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like,
2: she's so smart. Oh, and man. then like after that survival, she saw my dad and how hard he worked. Yeah. And she was like, oh, he's a genius. She's like, I want to marry that because I know he's going to be successful. Nice. So she was like with him when he was like still poor, struggling in the right. US. Mm-hmm. But she's she would literally date him in the library. So he would go to the library and study and she would just be there every day by his side. Wow. Like Dang. studying with him. or like she buying was Tesla
3: stock like 10 years ago.
2: But yeah, she like invested early and she was like, OK, well, now that my survival needs are met, now I can think about my family. Yeah.
0: Nice. And that's how she so, married my dad. It sounds like all of our parents went through the hardest times when they were young. Like we're talking about elementary school, middle school. That's when it was really bad for them. You know, for us, mm-hmm. like when was your hardest time growing up Asian-American? Was it? I I feel like it was maybe high school. Well, actually, every level was hard.
1: I feel like just growing up was hard.
0: I thought, yeah, growing
2: up, especially like where I grew up, which is like everyone was white.
0: Yeah, how was that?
2: It was really hard. Like, I would get microaggressions and racist comments like almost every day.
0: Yeah, like pulling the eyes. They would pull the
2: eyes back. I remember one time it was like this class clown's like last day of school there because he was moving districts. And he like did a whole song and dance like around the classroom and then I remember there was a part of the song where he was saying, like, thank God I'm not Chinese. What? And then he would come next to me. He's like, with the microphone, he's like, thank God I'm not Chinese. Oh, and he would, like, geez. do that. That's crazy. Yeah. And
1: then... How old were
0: you?
2: Probably, like, either elementary or middle school.
0: Yeah, I was pretty young.
2: Yeah. So it's, like, ingrained in my head from the yeah. beginning that I was just always unwanted.
0: What did you do? Did you just cry?
2: I... The way I dealt with it was through humor. Oh, yeah. So, laughed like, at it. if, yeah, I would just laugh with them because I it see. was also survival. Because if I retaliated, then I would Everyone be outcast. would be against you, yeah. Right? So, I was like, let me just do that. And then I would sometimes riff jokes and, like, even be racist, like, towards right. myself because it was, like, the only way I could show that I was, like, tough. I see. So, that was how, like, I survived yeah. and was able to become, like, popular, but popular foreign Asian. Right, You know, like, the most popular girls or, like, men or boys were, like, always white. They were jocks. They, like, were cheerleaders or, like, lacrosse players or basketball players. And I was just never a part of any of those teams. Like, I was on the swim team, but, like, I still got ridiculed on that, too. So, yeah, they would, like, call me Ma, which I guess...
0: <laughs> I mean that's your name. I mean that's, that's cool. fine. <laughs> that's
2: cool. But it's like they didn't call anyone else by their last name. Maybe you're
3: they, a no, motherly
0: they do that figure.
2: figure. They just thought it was different. <laughs> they
0: did that to me too. So even though I went to an Asian school, my coaches, teachers, would be like Ma. Oh,
2: but yeah. they didn't do it in a way to like, like. But, but for me, it felt them. like because di- I was different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, yeah. That's
0: definitely why they did it to us because we have we're different. Yeah. They don't say Smith, right? Yeah,
1: true.
2: That's true. They'll be like Tom because it's like ten people. Be like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and it it was just like I couldn't eat like the food that I wanted to eat. So like I remember like my mom would make me like noodles or like rice, and I'd bring it. Yeah, and the people would be like, "Why does it smell like soy sauce? Like, what is that smell?" Yeah, and like I've literally like taken my food to the bathroom to eat it, like on the toilet, just so I could like not waste my mom's food. I remember like throwing it out too because people were saying how gross it was and i'd be like yeah this is disgusting and then i like throw
0: it away it's it sucks so bad that when you're a little kid you can't think of ways to defend yourself yeah now as i'm older i'm like if that happened to me as i'm like 30 years old eating with all these other races in a cafeteria (laughs) i i hope i have some chicken feet in my lunchbox and be spitting the toes at them yeah right you know it
1: was so hard
2: it's so much, it was, I feel like times were just so much more racist back then. Like yeah. racism was just so much more prevalent yeah. and like almost accepted in like a really bad way. Like now, at least we have like woke people speaking up for us. Mm-hmm. But like back then, like I remember telling my mom to throw like stop making me Asian food and like only buy Lunchables because that's like what everybody else was eating and like only make sandwiches. Yeah, and he she couldn't even. I told her not even to put them in containers because they look like bento boxes. So I was like, you have to put everything in a paper bag because I want to look like everyone else. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be made fun of. And now everyone loves mental boxes and <laughs> yeah, everyone know, loves right? Asian food. Yeah. That's
1: the difference though cuz I feel like when we were probably if you were to ask um you were asking earlier like when was it the hardest time growing up Asian American? I feel like it was like middle school for mm-hmm. for us because I remember feeling like being the most undesirable like race mm-hmm. because I was with um a lot of like Hispanics, like white people and stuff too and um like even with dating or having crushes on certain um like races if if i were to have a a crush on like a hispanic person or a white person like they would never look at me never yeah never i
0: feel like there's a difference too because you grew up in almani and anytime like there's a lot of asians in almani there's a lot of asians in arcadia where i went to school and anytime we thought about the people in almani or the asians in almani we're like oh those are the the ghetto dirty ones. We don't want to talk to them. You know what I mean? But like, we didn't know. We were just judging just because we see those type of like, those those gangsters over there, they're way different than the gangsters at our school. Ours are more sophisticated and (laughs) know how to do (laughs) certain (laughs) things. But but then you got the gangsters (laughs) who are like, you know, doing their squatting and like, I don't know, they're just living like it was the 90s.
1: Oh, that's true. You're right. right. In
0: the 2000s, they're living like the 90s. Yeah. You guys were so behind. So your culture is way different
1: yeah and there was like um this one one particular memory that i have that i've never even like shared with anyone like i've never even shared it with you and i remember um like long time ago i had a coloring book and it had like um aladdin Mm -hmm. like it was aladdin themed and there was this one page and it said like oh uh what is one wish that you would make like if you can make any one wish what would it be and my wish was oh that i if I could be white. Yeah. What? I definitely wish yeah. that
2: before too, for sure. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to be white so bad just so I could be happy. Yeah, because like you, you just felt so heated. like they yeah.
1: separated you.
2: Yeah, everything. no one thought I was pretty. No one ever had a crush on me. It's like, I always had a crush on a white dude and they would never like me back. Yeah, yeah. You just
0: thought being white would be cool.
2: Because that's what I you saw. You felt like you yeah. had to be accepted That's how in I that grew way. up. There were no Asians that were cool. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing about Asian culture was desirable. Like, growing Man. up. And yep. it wasn't until like I went to NYU where I was like, "Oh my god, people think I'm pretty." Yeah. And I was like, "Shut up!" And then I started having boyfriends, and I was like, "Oh my god, like, yeah. this is crazy!" And then it just—it was really traumatic, just like growing up, because you just felt ugly all the time. Yeah, and, and it like, was unwanted.
1: okay. It was okay for people to make fun of you, like you had to accept big, big it. Big groups of people, right? You against like I don't know, twenty students. I don't and- know. It's like the whole grade for me. I had Vin- four hundred students against me. Vince
0: might have a different story because he's a buff guy in the group. No, but he I, wasn't
1: always. I, I used a buff to be guy, super right? like chubby, dude. <laughs> yeah, but no
0: one messes with chubby guys because they're gonna get pounded on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: That's not true. I've I've defended so many chubby guys that used to get picked on all well, the time. Well, the chubby
0: ones that don't know how to fight, but there's like, you know, how many Polynesians are big and they can like kick ass and That's like true. throw, That's a, true. A, a jump kick. I don't you know? think I
1: was around it. In- any polynesians growing up though like yeah, me yeah i mean
0: either
1: i didn't well, have any hawaiians or any polynesians i mean
0: I, I mean i'm just saying like people in that size you know whatever, yeah. whatever the race is like they can well, fight too you can
3: yeah tell. <laughs> i mean for me growing up it's like i hear all you guys stories and i've seen so many like podcasts and like it's like videos about like the struggles of growing up asian american and i don't really have that type of story mm. like i grew up I think it's because of my personality. I was like the class clown slash like maybe kind of like a bully when I was younger, like but not bully in like, like the really mean way. But like I was like just joking all the time and I didn't really care about the consequence. I would always yeah. get in trouble and like I just did whatever I wanted. Like I was the only child. I was very much just in my own head. Just like, oh, like gosh, I'm just going to yeah. do me. I'm just going to. It was all about just like, how can I make myself laugh? How can I make myself have a good time? And I didn't care about anything else. And like, yeah, like there might have been times like growing up where there was like, you know, hints of racism. But I was always just like Damn proud to be Asian I just wanted to be different I didn't I th- wow. I saw all these like like white kids with their food. I'm like, dude, your food's so lame. Like, it's just like, you know, like it's like, it's like it doesn't, doesn't taste good. At what yeah, age do you have know? Asians in your school? Yeah. I've always been like that. Like, even when I was a little kid, like, my, my parents would bring dumplings and stuff to like, the potluck. Yeah. And then what? even some people didn't like to eat the dumplings and it was like leftover. I'm like, dude, more for me. Wait, but, I'm like, I cares? not hey, you guys don't I like it. I wish I grew up with that. Is it because you grew up in Torrance with all these Japanese people? Um, I think maybe because, yeah, I did grow oh, okay. up around a little bit more Asians, especially compared to like Casey's upbringing. Mm-hmm. I, did, I was, you know, I grew up with a lot of Asians, but I feel like I don't know, like I never really looked at race that way. I was never really focused on race. I like but growing you, up, I never really I, I think it, really, it was your but school I feel like dude. Yeah, it was just yeah. because you
2: never had to be in that mentality Yeah, you yeah. had to be like I'm different because no, there's so many people that like, looked around like you.
0: So, in elementary school, I went to Glendale. I I wasn't living in Glendale at the time. It was all white or Armenians. There's some Korean and Filipinos. But there are only two Chinese kids in the entire school, and I was one of them. And they put me into ESL because they thought I was a fob.
2: Oh, my God. You know
0: what I mean? I was born here with perfect English, and I was put into ESL because they thought, you know, hey, I'm Chinese. But there's only two Chinese people in the entire elementary school, from kindergarten to sixth grade. Mm -hmm. You know, So I felt what Casey felt, and also Christina. So I think that's why it's different for you, because you had all the Japanese around you.
3: I mean yeah there was there were times where I was like the minority like when I played basketball yeah. if you I have like a literally a a, a kid picture of me it's just one non black guy and I was like like there was like 10 of like black kids and yeah. all the coaches were black and there's me in the middle holding the basketball cuz I used to ball up That dude. means I you're really ball- good. Yeah. 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 yeah and I was like proud of it and I yeah. wanted to be different. I was like But
2: that's good though cuz like it's still you're still in a minority friendly environment that's where like true. you're on a team that allows support of minorities
0: uh, you know kind I mean? of i mean he's still outcasted in i that mean he's still group.
2: outcast in that environment but imagine if like your team is all white like my school there was one black person in my entire school yeah you know what i mean and yeah, it's, it's like almost
0: the same for yeah no, but-
2: and he also had to survive through humor too right like me and him are probably one of the funniest people like in the grade because that's what we had to do to survive for people to like us right we had to like rely on our personality
3: Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't concerned about anybody liking me. Like for the longest time, I didn't really have any friends until like middle school. Then I had like one best friend. And like I didn't really care if anybody else liked me. I was just gonna do me. But yeah. then I I, w- I just became the funny person. That's mm. that is like in high school and like college. That was like my reputation. And like I was like, oh, I love the attention. Like I'm actually pretty funny. Like it just like kind of naturally made me more like the class clown type of role. Mm. Well, what happened, dude? I mean,
1: yeah, I feel like I feel like no. <laughs> <one did. laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that funny. I'm serious. So <laughs> <laughs> so serious right
3: now, dude. It's okay. <laughs>
1: I feel like no one ever had problems with the class clown, so
3: no, so. they were the best people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think I didn't. I think it was until I got older, actually, that I started realizing, oh, the like how race plays um a part in like you mm. know everyone's life, especially like dating and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I I realized that later because like you know I was in high school, I was like okay in a long term relationship, you know for nine years, and it wasn't until like I finally got single that I was like oh wait, like. Asian men are, like, rated the lowest on, like, you know, dating apps and stuff. Like, people see us as, like, less masculine or whatnot. And it's, like, I I didn't learn these things until later in life, I feel like.
0: You know, I've always dated an Asian girl, you know. And that's what my parents always told me. You know, they're always, like, go find yourself a Chinese girl, you know, not even a Korean girl or Vietnamese girl or nothing. Just find yourself another Chinese girl. And then if I had, like, a a white friend, they'd be like, "Uh uh-oh. Why is he bringing home a white friend? You <laughs> really? know? So, wow. Yeah, it's it was crazy growing up Asian-American, you know? Hmm. Like, they expect you to always just have nothing but Asian friends. Asian,
3: you know, girlfriends. Yeah, I feel like my parents, like, they wanted me to assimilate. So they wanted me to, like, you know, be friends with as many different backgrounds as possible. That's awesome. So, yeah, like, I never really felt that way. Actually, like, growing up, I didn't have as many Asian friends as... I feel like most Asian people would like, I feel like, I don't know. Nowadays I see people like on Instagram and stuff and they always mob to like Vegas or like EDC, and it's like huge Asian crowd. Right. Like, yeah, it's like 30 (laughs) Asians. I'm like, dang, like how, how did you guys, you know, where's the application process for that? (laughs) Like when did that happen? Cause I totally missed that boat.
2: Yeah. I mean, all of my friends were white by default cause I didn't have enough Asians to be friends with. Um, I guess I went to an Asian church, like a Chinese church, but like, they were kind of too straight-edge for me, so it didn't mm. really work out yeah. either. Um, but yeah, my parents always wanted me to date a Chinese boy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, where? <laughs> <laughs> where, do, where do I find them? And if, like, there is one at the school, he's, like, really quiet and nerdy and, like... Yeah. And the only doesn't really Yeah, and, like, doesn't really speak English that well.
0: You know, the, f- the funny thing about it is that they always want us to date within our race, but mm-hmm. not because they're trying to be racist, but they're trying to look out for us because they're, like, They don't trust anybody else because of what they went through. It's the trust. They've always gotten picked on by the out their outsiders right so
3: it's also like how much can they connect to the person you're dating right because yeah. you know if they become their parents in law like they want to be able to you know talk it's to them Asian. like I don't know that like some, some Asian parents don't even speak English you know or like you know the cultural things you know like, exactly. like just like, like eating dinner together and like you know like being Asian like it's like okay like I'm gonna pour the tea for my elders right. or I'm gonna you know like cut some fruit for like you know my, my girl or whatever you know it's like those little things that like you know, non-Asians, they don't really know about those things. Even like taking off your shoes when you get in to house. Like, there's so many little things that are basically ingrained in us since we were younger that are just like, you know, we do it by default without thinking. But you know, all those things like, they, they play a part when you meet the parents. And I totally you know, agree with
0: mm-hmm. that. And up until, I would say a few years ago or maybe 10 years ago, my mind has changed because when you go to a place like San Francisco where every Asian girl has a white guy mm. and like, Every Asian family has one white guy in their family. That's the thing. And they do take off their shoes. They know everything. They love it. Like, it's become so normal.
2: Yeah, I mean, growing up, like, I wanted to date everybody else who wasn't Asian, actually. Yeah. Because, again, I was, like, trying to fit in. To like white culture, white society. So I actually didn't even find Asian men attractive at all.
0: Really? Wow. Just like
2: they didn't find me attractive. I found them like atrocious. Yeah. Cause like for me, not <laughs> atrocious. Okay, right, that's a little yeah. exaggerated. First of all.
0: <laughs> damn. I all love right. Asian men now, so it doesn't like, matter.
2: Uh, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> not
3: now. Kevin
0: Hart, damn. Damn <laughs>
2: I meant to say that. Like that. <laughs> but in my mind, it was, you know, I you want to grow with your partner, right? And I felt like if I were Asian And I grew up, well, not grew up. If I dated an Asian, I would just stay Asian and become lower ranking in society. So I would never be liked or invited to things. So it was just like, I just didn't find Asian men attractive. But then it started to be like a physical thing. I also just didn't find them physically attractive. It was just like everything about it. I was like, I don't want to be Asian.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm.
2: So like I, my first boyfriend was in fourth grade. He was white.
0: In fourth grade? Fourth
2: grade. Yeah. And then I dated a German guy in high school. But I got to say, all of my long-term relationships were Asian. Wow. First one was yeah. Korean. Second one was Chinese. Third one was Filipino.
0: Which one treated you oh, the best? There was
2: an Indian guy in there, too. Oh. The Korean guy.
0: Really? Really? You know what? Because all Koreans are like mama boys, right? <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like oh, Korean guys no. have a bad rap. All <laughs> <my> <laughs> Korean... They do,
1: but not for me. I've had the worst experience with Korean guys.
0: Well, all my Korean friends are mama boys, mama's boys. He is a mama's boy. Exactly.
2: He like catered to me so much. Like I was just like, you're partying too much. And I was like, if you want to stay with me, like you need a major in something serious. Like he's going to college. He was one year older than me. And he was just like partying all the time, going to clubs. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we have to break up. He's like, why? He's like, what can I do to like make you stay? And I was like, get a job. Wow. And he literally changed his major to finance. He met my dad. He really liked my dad and his story and how he became successful through finance. So he like went to the same school as my dad. Whoa. As like undergrad. He's like, he was, well, he was like, (laughs) that's where he became successful. That's where I'm going to go. Yeah. So he's like, I mean, you call me daddy anyways. (laughs) He did all that for you. He did all of that. And I was, he was like, what else? I was like, go to the gym. He went to the gym
3: wow do you like that though do you like that like a guy that's just gonna like do Do like you know yeah like mold to whatever you want
2: well i mean i I did break up with him again wow you
3: asked for a lot and then broke up with that's what happens man (laughs) right and then i was like
2: shoot i was like i set him up good for the next girl
1: true and then actually
0: traumatized and fucked up
2: no (laughs) No, he's fine she she was
1: telling him to improve himself yeah he's got a girlfriend now he's good
2: but then, like, I remember he was still not over me. And, like, two years later, I remember I was, like, stuck in the city. I got really sick. So I was, like, sick conveniently in his neighborhood. Aww. And, like, so he reached up. He, like, brought me up to his bed. I had a fever. He, like, took care of me. Then I became his girlfriend again.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Wow. And then I
2: broke up with him again.
1: Wow. <laughs> in, like, Casey. in, like, two <laughs> weeks.
2: Because I was, like
0: yeah
1: it's he's just not, just not, not your person yeah no
2: because i want a guy who would naturally want this stuff for himself and not because he
1: wants to keep the girl oh, okay so, you know so self-motivation
0: yeah so what's interesting to me is that anything in your younger years like below high school i don't even consider those boyfriend girlfriend <laughs> things because your mind isn't even right yet it's just people that you mm. you think are cool so your actual guys that you've dated are just all asian
2: Yeah, the serious ones.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. is like, do Asians only date Asians? Like right now, are you looking for an Asian guy?
2: So when I first moved to LA, I was only looking for a white guy, actually. And then I was like, after experiencing that situation, I was like, you know what? I don't know if that's my cup of tea anymore. Yeah. Because I realized how culturally different we are. And then I started seeing the microaggressions coming back through like the little things they were saying. Mm, And I'm like, mm -hmm. that is so offensive. It's not even your fault. Like, you don't even realize it. Yeah. And that's what makes it
1: worse. It goes back to all of the cultural differences. Exactly.
2: So it's like, at this point, it's like, he's always going to think he's above me. And like, elite yeah. in some way. And he's always going to think he's privileged. And I can't have that. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm like, any, any minority is good for me. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, because like, they just understand like, strife a little bit more. I
0: never thought about that where it's like, sometimes they feel more privileged than us. Yeah.
2: That's Sometimes crazy. I just don't understand. Yeah. Like I started that podcast and it was, it's literally about the struggles of Asian Americans growing up and yeah. how that affects your dating life and your career. And when I was telling him the premise of this, I was a, on a date with the white dude. He was like, <gasps> wait, <laughs> Asians have trauma.
0: Oh
1: my God.
2: Asians gosh. struggle. Yeah. And I'm like, does he struggle? I was like, are you kidding? No, that's what I mean. Like he doesn't he relate. He has no idea. He has absolutely no idea. And I remember he was I was like, do you have Asian friends And he's like, yeah, but like they don't tell me about their upbringing and I was like, yeah, in my mind it's because they're not comfortable sharing it with yeah. you because you cannot relate, relate. yeah his
0: yeah. struggle is more like, damn dude, I just lost like 10 Tesla stocks
2: literally yeah yeah, it's like they're they're losing and winning with like money and career yeah. only and that's like the only struggle they have so you know now I'm just every other race but white mm-hmm. white is fine if you're cultured Or like Uh,
0: Acceptive of it right Yeah
2: I mean White if you grew up In a humble upbringing Is also acceptable too Because like you understand Not having it all Yeah Yeah Yeah. I
1: think the only white guy That I dated um, Was in high school and his nickname was well i'm not gonna say it because what is it <laughs> but he was, he,
0: <laughs> was
1: he was one of those asian i mean one of those white guys that hung out with Ooh, only asians mm. so that's how we were able to relate but i think all in all like i always uh, was attracted to like asian men and i don't know if it was because of like the upbringing too with like feeling isolated from other cultures and stuff but Wait, um, are you
0: talking about my friend did I know? No. Okay. <laughs> Good.
1: No. What, that's why right. he's like, "What is the <laughs> name?" Yeah, so I, I don't know. I had that it.
0: one white friend that hung out with all Asians, and no. he even did the Asian squad. I mean, there's more. There's
1: more than just one. White. I don't know. And,
0: and his 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 actual name we gave him was Bakui, which is white. No,
1: not him. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> oh my why God, I'm like, bro, no, no. I, okay. No. Keep going. But yeah, my <laughs> my parents have always um ingrained that in my mind too, like try to date a Chinese guy just to keep that cultural like um, similarity like with I guess I, I like to have that closeness between my parents and my significant mm. other because they can always communicate and you know this, the little signs of respect like y- you guys were saying if they're pointy right you tap the table and like mm. only Chinese yeah. guys will know that but it's funny because I'm the only one in my family that um, married an, a Chinese guy my other siblings wow. they're all dating a Hispanic uh, Hispanic Japanese white and Japanese yeah. so oh. yeah but I can see the difference like when I speak with my parents they're like yeah you know I, I can't talk to this person sometimes because there's just that cultural difference they don't understand things or there's that language barrier so I feel like that's really important for me
0: so did you mm-hmm. win or lose
1: <laughs> well I'm just kidding <laughs> 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 dot, dot, dot. ouch <laughs>
2: but yeah at this point like I remember my parents were just like, man, this none of the races. It doesn't matter for you because it's yeah. not working out. Yeah. And then, like, after my last ex, who was Filipino, I remember my mom being like, did you try white yet? Did you, did you try that <laughs> yet? I was like, yeah, when I was younger. It didn't work out. And she's like, you should try white. And I'm like, okay. So then I went to L.A. and I tried white.
1: Mm. Did you have a bad experience with Filipino?
2: I mean, not really. Uh, there was some like long-term relationship type problems Mm -hmm. that I couldn't change about his personality. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But in terms of him like very much loving me and caring me and doing a lot of stuff for me, he did all of that. Mm. Yeah, it just wasn't the right fit because he was definitely more, as I was saying like before, not the breadwinner. I was the breadwinner, so I was like forced to be like in my masculine a lot. Gotcha. And I think that's not what I ultimately desire to feel in a relationship like I want to feel taken care of I want to be like feminine still want to have a career and everything um but it just it didn't it felt a little off so it eventually kind of problems trickled into us breaking apart eventually
0: well I see why we all are pretty similar with Asian pride right AP AP that's what we did when we were a kid (laughs) Now, Nowadays, not so much. But uh, for for Vince, um, I'm kind of curious to know. You know, were you the, just like us? You grew up in a white area, or well, Japanese white area, or even uh, there was a mix
3: of Asians. We, it was pretty diverse where I grew up. Yeah. I think um, it's about options. I think for Asian men, especially, <laughs> it's about options. And when you know, I think when I wasn't very attractive, like I, it was like. I was always chasing. I got friend friendzoned so much all the time, and it was I never a numbers
0: game for you. Uh,
3: yeah, it was more just like I didn't really realize like how much my my race played a part of it. I just naturally went for Asian girls. I think when I was younger, um, but as I've gotten older, you know, like my taste has kind of like expanded, and like I've used to just be of the mindset that oh, I'm gonna just marry an Asian girl, like. That's, that was kind of like in the cards for me. Both of my long-term relationships were uh, Asian. My nine-year-one was Chinese and my three-year-one after that was Korean. But I think now, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's true. Like for Asian men, like you see a lot of Asian guys just try to date white girls. It's almost like a flex for them if they're right. able to like get a mm-hmm. white girl. And I never, really, I never really thought of it like that. Like I just like... Like didn't really look at race too much like when I was like, you know, growing up in terms of like, okay Now I just want to date. I just like the person, you know what I mean, this just so happened to be you know X Y and Z because yeah. you don't really see Asian guys date, right. you know, non Asians mm, But I think true. that's a lot of it's because a lot of Asian guys don't have that option to date non Asians yeah, That's Because a lot of true. girls that are not Asian They're not attracted to Asian men because of all the qualities that you know are basically against what white men are, right? White men are like the masculine, they're shown in movies, or all over TV and and movies and stuff like that, but Asians were not represented in that way, right? But you're starting to see that change now, but you know, us growing up, we didn't see that. We didn't have a handsome Asian guy to watch on screen and be like, oh, I have a crush on him, Mm -hmm. or you know, you know, you didn't have that equivalent. Do you feel like you had to act
0: different when you're with Asian girls and non-Asian girls? Like, did I mean, you have to like show up more for the non-Asian girls?
3: Like for the non-Asian girls, it's like depends on culture they are, right? Like if you've never had like Korean barbecue or something, you know, it's like oh my gosh, like this is so new, or you have all these dietary restrictions. I'm like oh, that's, that's <laughs> I'm not used to that. Most Asian girls eat everything, yeah. but a lot of white girls they have dietary restrictions, you know, especially the hot ones. They have plenty of those, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it's like you can't eat everything with them. I'm just like ah, oh, I'm not a biggest fan of that, but yeah. you know, it's like for me, I don't know. I, I I look at myself. I think I'm I'm very privileged in the fact that i have a lot of masculine characteristics right like i work out i have a beard like i'm six foot like like a lot of qualities that a lot of asian men don't share yeah and so it's funny because i talked to like my other guy friends and it's like like i termed ourselves as like the gwas the gateway asians because we're able to date the non-asian girls yeah and then usually i'm like the first asian guy they've ever dated and then after they date me they're like oh I didn't realize like okay dating Asian guys is cool and then yeah. they maybe after me they'll consider dating Asian guys more often but you're not gonna go you know like straight from dating white guys to now you're dating like yeah. William Hung you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> gonna, Like before you get to that point you're tr- you're gonna be dating a guy more like me or another more yeah. like masculine Asian guy yeah. you know that what I mean sense. so it's like it's important for guys in our position to represent because we play a big part in the whole social dating yeah. uh, ecosystem in a way you know what I mean because it's like we're, we're their first impression on what a, a, a you know a romantic man can look like in their lives because you know, they've never pictured us. They've never right. pictured their husband being Asian before, but then now they add that experience, they, they might be more open-minded to it, right?
0: Listening to your story, um, and I'm thinking about when I was younger. So the way you grew up, your dad wanted you to kind of just get along with everybody, right? And for me, my parents wanted me to get along with more Asians and help other Asians. And then I was like chilling with a lot of Asian gangs and Asian... just. I was just straight up ABB, right? And so during high school, you know, at the end of the school year and you say bye to friends and stuff. And I had so many like white girls and Mexican girls that were giving me these like long hugs and saying like, oh, I wish we got to know each other more and things like that. And I'm like, at the time, I didn't think like, oh, they actually liked me. I could have had a chance with this Mexican girl or this, you know, girl. And so now where I'm like, oh, I had options, but... My parents, you know, drilled in me about Asian culture so much that it was just not in my head.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of those girls, too, they're thinking, oh, this Asian guy only dates Asian girls. So I don't have a chance.
0: Yeah. We you know? had no idea. Yeah.
3: Where in reality, you would have been way open. You would have been down, but you thought they don't date Asian guys. So it's yeah. like both of that, you know, <laughs> happening. It's like, OK, like then no one's dating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow
0: total differences we learned so much from this all right um i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of do asians only date asians and uh i would say most of us do uh but it's not all true so i hope you guys enjoyed it drop a comment down below what you want us to talk about next and um we'll see you guys next time also follow casey and vince you'll see in the description box and we'll see you next time again bye-bye peace